the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Welcome back. I am Molly Smith, your host. I want to remind you all that our program is available for download. You can do so by going to our website from themedian.org. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. We have with us a returning guest, somebody who I consider to be probably one of the best informed persons on the planet right now with regards oh. to <laughs> with regards to sort of really good ethical healthcare how do we get healthcare in in this wacky world of ours that has taken medicine and medical research and taken it to a whole new level that you know really and truly many of us who are christians or just moral people just do not want to go down and of course i am talking about Chris Faddis, who is the CEO and president of Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity HealthShare is also a great supporter of From the Media and Radio program. We love all the things that they do. We love the fact that they are promoting ethical healthcare as we go forward. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Molly. It's great to talk to you, Absolutely. as always. Absolutely. You know, Chris, we've got so much to get through in this segment right now. So let, let's just jump right in and start talking about it. First thing I want to ask you about. We all remember, folks, we, you remember back when we were fighting the Obamacare. Everybody remembers Elizabeth Warren, who was almost shrill in her support for it and how crazy all of us were that didn't really want to go down this road. And we could see all the, the roadblocks that were going to be put up to, to support people of ethic, wanting ethical support, healthcare support. Elizabeth Warren was right there in the front lines, just yelling and screaming at us all and all the rest of it. Well, guess what? She's had an Obama healthcare epiphany. Chris, tell us about this. This is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's after 13 years of advocating for the law, Senator Warren is complaining now about the industry consolidation and price increases that, that were caused by the, the Affordable Care Act, which, of course, listeners of yours, Molly, would, would be aware of. We've talked about it many times, that essentially, in, in many ways, this Affordable Care Act was a consolidation bill. It, it incentivized and, and helped the hospital systems consolidate um, you know, these into these large mega practices with no independent practices, you know, around the country because they're they're all getting bought up, the independent doctors' offices and clinics and all of that. Uh and you know, um the the um there's just a lot going on here, you know. So mm-hmm. Warren and, and Republican Senator Mike Braun of Indiana, who many people in your area are probably familiar with, uh wrote a letter to Health and Human Services Inspector noting that the nation's largest health insurers are dodging Obamacare's medical loss ratio 
creating higher costs for patients. So we've that's something we've seen. Insurers have merged with with or acquired pharmacy benefit managers, which is the the middleman in the pharmacy game that hides all kinds of financial incentives uh, and 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 racks up the price uh, on us for our prescriptions. Retail pharmacies, healthcare providers, all allowing them to shift profits and affiliates, making healthcare less transparent. So all of this has happened, you know. Oh, since Obamacare, and it really was the design of the of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, premiums have risen on average about 20% faster since 2011 when the uh, Obamacare's medical loss ratio took effect uh, than in the five previous years. So it has just continued, continued, continued to um, to grow. In fact, I read a, there's an op-ed today uh, in in the National Review from Chip, from uh, Congressman Chip Roy, and it sh- shares that 115 mergers have happened um, in the last you know decade or more uh, of hospital systems and insurers, and and that, that's a massive um, Chip, bunch of yeah. conglomerates kind of yeah. yeah going. The way I describe it, Molly, is basically before Obamacare, the ho- the healthcare highway was uh, full of Semi trucks, uh, you know, a few here and there, but mostly it was full of small cars, minivans, you know, mm-hmm. uh, suburbans, right, um, and and all of those, and then a, the semi truck here and there, and now it's all semi trucks. Mm-hmm. There's there's very few very small cars good, left on the healthcare highway. Yeah, absolutely, very good analogy. You know, I keep looking right here where where I am in Cleveland, on the west side of Cleveland. Um, I, I cannot, Chris. I keep saying to my husband, what on earth is going on. Every single piece of farmland is almost being bought up and huge, big medical complexes are being built, you know, part of the hospitals, Cleveland Clinic or University Hospitals or put, mm-hmm. putting up these huge, big uh, build, monstrosity buildings. What are they doing inside this? I mean, I guess it's exactly what you're saying. They've taken all those little cars that were running up and down the highways, uh, uh, their medical highway, and they've, they've, conv- uh, you know, putting them all into this, these one, one, sh- one shop places, which really do not give you the care that we used to get right i think that's the that's the big thing here is what what you're seeing is you know certainly there's still primary care physicians but they're all owned by the hospital systems uh and and controlled by them so in an area like yours you've got the cleveland clinics and you've got you know university University of ohio right and their their system uh and and you'll see i mean we have a, a very small mennonite community that's part of the founding of solidarity healthshare uh, they have a hard time finding independent doctors. They yeah. have to go to the university, right? Yeah. And and so um, they've essentially bought it up. And, and the math is, Molly, that experts say that that for every independent uh, physician's office or, or clinic that, that the hospital system owns, they get an additional $1.5 million – sorry, every physician specifically – an additional $1.5 million in revenue – from the revenue that that physician generates. Wow. So all the MRIs he recommends, all the lab tests he recommends, all of the specialist visits he recommends, surgical consults, right? All of that has to go through the hospital system then. And so that is a massive increase for each physician um, to the hospital's revenue, which is why they're buying them up. And and we've essentially made that uh, easy with Obamacare. One of the things that independent clinics suffer from is that insurers and Medicare will pay a higher reimbursement rate to the hospital physician versus the independent. And so a lot of these guys that think, you know, they're struggling, yep, right? These yep. guys, these, these men and women physicians are struggling to, you know, so survive on the, on the rate that they're getting. And then the hospital comes in and offers them a cushy, 
you know, buyout yeah, no and, kidding. you know, retirement package and higher rates. And by the way, we'll do your administration and you don't have to worry about it. Exactly. So it's a, it's a real mess. And, and I'm, I'm glad that Elizabeth Warren is finally seeing it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, more and more of our, our elected officials need to stop kind of holding the line that we want to, you know, we want to celebrate Obamacare because it's part of his legacy and start focusing on what's actually happening to Americans. You know, there's a whole nother thing. And I mean, I mean, I, I'm just, as you, as you're talking now, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about what about, you know, what the people are going to stop going to, to, I, I, Stop going to the doctors because they, they, you, you get, you get ramrodded into these things and you have to keep going for these tests and you got to go back to the doctor and then you got to, you know, on and on and on and on. But on top of that, there's millions of Americans that are living with undiagnosed diseases. Healthcare teams are the solution. They definitely are. 25 million Americans live with a rare or undiagnosed condition, but unfortunately, doctors do not always have the knowledge or the resources to diagnose these conditions. Whilst we're still, you know, whilst we're pushing at all this other stuff, we've got these, we've got this whole other issue here. What's going on there? Yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, what's being recommended here is this idea of of complementary care and and working with the multi-specialty practice or physicians that work in teams. And, you know, I can, I can talk about the experience from, from a couple levels. One is, uh, you know, my first wife, when she had, had cancer and, you know, subsequently passed away, but in her care, we, we ended up shifting to a new hospital, you know, cancer center, um, that was was doing just really great revolutionary things. And one of the best things they did was every time she went to meet with a doctor, she met with a clinical team. So she met first with her her um, nutrition, her nutritionist. Then there was a naturopathic doctor. Then there was a, um, you know, another specialist of some sort, yeah. depending on the day. I think she had a, a gastro specialist because it was colon cancer. And then she met with the oncologist. Right. And the team was constantly a part of her care. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly she didn't see everyone all the time, but they were always talking. And I remember hearing stories from the doctors about how they would have this, this meeting every morning and all the doctors would gather and they would review cases. Then this one doctor said, I've got this woman who needs, um, needs a, uh, feeding tube, but she's her, my, my wife's liver at that time was so swollen that they couldn't get the tuberin, um, laparoscopically. Mm-hmm. And so the other, the gastro doctor said, well, I can go in endoscopically and I can kind of move the liver out of the way. And that'll give you room to put the port. And and essentially, this multidisciplinary approach said, hey, rather than just let this person go, let's work together and figure out what we mm-hmm. can do. And and that's basically what, what this article is talking about and, and, and what the focus is here, that many are facing conditions where they've got to hop back and forth between various doctors. Um, a lot of times, it's very hard. You hear these stories all the time about, I got this bad lab work. My doctor wants me to see a specialist. Two weeks later, you ask the person and they say, well, I, I don't know. I've got to get into a hematologist and it's going to be five weeks, you know. Absolutely. And it just everything's taking so long that, yeah. that that's that's an issue. Yeah. And what's interesting, Molly, is it, the hospital, you would think that this conglomerate of hospital systems would make this easier, right? Yeah, they would exactly. operate the way my wife's exactly. hospital operated and they would work in tandem. But it's actually getting worse. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen in, in, in practice is actually practices where they're smaller clinics or smaller systems that are able to make this work where they're able to get a doctor on the phone for a consult within a day or two. They're, you know, they're doing these things. And I think there's a real need right now for uh, innovation in how this care is delivered. Um, and, and maybe one, you know, this isn't certainly what the article is talking about that we're talking about, but one of the thoughts I've had is maybe one of the goals here would be that 
these doctors would sort of have a telehealth approach where they have the you know the nephrologist that they need a consult from can come in on video right there in front of the doctor and the patient and you know if he needs physical exam he can tell the doctor what to do and you know what i mean and, yes, and do exactly. some consult yeah. right there's i think there's some more and more um innovation starting to happen in this discussion yeah. but it's very important i think for for those of you who are caring for people who are sick I think you've got to fight for this. I think you've got to fight for a doctor who will pick up the phone and and call another doctor and, and get the ball rolling because this waiting six weeks between specialists is, is not getting the care that people need. Exactly, exactly. And in the in the meantime, think about the patient. Yes, you know, there might be there may may not be anything else that these doctors can do because of the way the system has been set up now. But you know, what about the patient in the middle of all of this? What about the patient right. that's suffering? I mean, this this is supposed to be focused around providing the best possible care for the patient. This isn't the case. And I mean, I'm, I'm a bit biased anyway, because I, you know, I deal with the fact that one one of my, you know, the, the people I sp- spend my life defending and, and looking after is the, the child in the womb, and yet that child is never considered to be a patient. So, you right. know, you've got all that. You've got that other sp- a whole issue here that you know sometimes it's just it, it, it's crazy we, we really I, I, we, I don't think we've certainly I don't certainly know that we have not helped ourselves by going towards Obamacare you know were there problems before yes they probably were but they didn't need to be fixed like this that's for sure no yeah, yeah they need to be the bigger problem absolutely <laughs> not absolutely and and I, I think the other thing is is that you know at, which is what your your organization and what what uh, um, Solidarity Health Shares stands for is that oftentimes as as you're going through, you know, as as we're going through all of this, you might find a doctor that is very uh, pro ethical pr- approach and everything, but then the specialist, is, the next specialist you go to, is on completely on the other side, and you've really got no, you, know, you don't have any say in all of that kind of stuff. So it would be so good to have a team of doctors, as you're suggesting here, you know, a team of uh, medical p- uh, professionals working together, and you know where they stand, you know what they are. So you know, I think this is definitely somewhere where we've got to push for. Um, Another thing that we're looking that's in the news right now, and that is um, Donald Trump, who is, looks like he's sort of on a roll and, and, and will probably be our next president, um, has said, even though he supported the Obamacare at the, you know, before, he has said that he's seriously looking at alternatives. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, th- this is the ongoing conversation with Republicans, and, and I think, you know, Trump is part of this. I, I think the Warren, you know, Elizabeth Warren sort of turning on Obamacare has, has opened a door for um, for the candidates, obviously, but also for, for others to say, hey, maybe there's another stab here. You know, and I, and again, I, I think it's a, it's a good strategy. Help Help the Democrats see how the consolidation that has come from Obamacare which is something that they they claim to rail against, right? Is this mm-hmm. corporate uh, greed and monopolist, monop- monopolistic practices, um, and help them see that, and and maybe they'll be willing to do something. I, I will say that you know on the Hill right now, the the real um, sort of uh, narrative among the different offices is that no one's really looking to repeal at this point; they're looking to fix. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what Trump comes up with. Uh, you know, he's got you know he he's got a fair amount of smart people that that are trying to help and we'll see what, what ideas come to the surface. But more and more people are re- realizing the downfall and problems with Obamacare, um, including the Democrats, you know, and, and the, so far until this war and peace and Trump saying something, you know, that really has been not part of the, the presidential race. There's been very little talk about Obamacare or healthcare in general. Um, 
And so that's, that's an important piece that, that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see if they come up with something. I think more than likely what will happen is, is a fix or, or various fixes. I think there might be some, some de- decent overhauls that could happen. Uh, if, especially if there's any way to get any sort of bipartisan support. Um, but you know, one good news, Molly, of course, is that members of healthcare sharing ministries like Solidarity qualify for the Affordable Care Act, uh, the, the coverage exemption under the Affordable Care Act. So, uh, you know, for us and, and our members and, and, and people like you, you know, the benefit is that we, we're already kind of opted out of that. And, yeah. and we hope that maybe, maybe Congress will see some benefits in, in, in this work that, that all of us do and, and maybe learn a lesson and, and try to build something off of that. You know, and, and I see another, another positive coming out of all of this as, as this, the discussion starts going and the people realize how broken, you know, um, Obamacare is and the need to fix it. There will be more and more people moving over to, um, services like, um, Solidarity Health Share, where they have control over, you know, the, the, the fines have gone away, all of those types of things, and they can actually control who they go to. They, you know, they, they, they can be confident in their medical care once again. And I, I see that as being a real positive coming out of all of this. So, you know, we Absolutely. almost had to go, we almost had hit the bottom before we could start moving back up again. And I, I honestly do see that Solidarity Health Share and organizations and, and, you know, groups like yours are going to, are going to start being the new thing and that will take off. So people go out there and go to solidarityhealthshare.com and, and you'll be able to find out all, all things you, you need to about this. One more thing that I, that there's been another, uh, a news item and we wanted to cover that too, um, Chris. And of course, I'm talking to Chris Faddis, who is the president and founder of, co-founder of, uh, and actually the founder of, of, uh, Solidarity Healthshare. He's, he's been involved in this from, I'd say what, nearly a decade now? Goodness. Yeah. yeah. Just about, oh yeah. my gosh, Chris is yeah. amazing. Yeah. So this is, you know, when you think about how, you know, how far you've come at this is wonderful. And, and your vision was exactly right. You know, you had a, exactly the right vision as you, when you started this all off. So, but the Mayo Clinic uh, doctor, the, there's an article, the Mayo Clinic doctor claims that the clinic retaliated against him for comments on trans athletics NIH criticism. Athletes NIH criticism. What on, you know, this, it's a Mayo Clinic physician and he says that he was silenced and published uh, and punished. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Yeah. I, well, I mean, essentially the, the interesting thing is it's not just that he made comments about, you know, uh, male, you know, transgender athletes and, and all that. It was actually a scientific statement about testosterone. Um, and, you know, and, and it was, it was, Scientific. He was making his medical judgment, his scientific judgment on on an issue. Uh, and Joiner's statements about men's competitive advantages in women's sports were deemed unprofessional by the clinic, and he was suspended for a week without pay after also speaking out about COVID nineteen protocol. Uh, you know, and essentially, as a the bottom line is, as a healthcare provider, a clinic or hospital um, or medical, you know, they they should be able to talk about medical Absolutely. facts and scientific research. That should be the basis of work. And so, when statements are made that align with science, but it do not align with political ideology. Um, it seems that freedom of speech becomes restricted, right? And I think this is a big, uh, a big issue with this, this sort of DEI policies and these things that are mm-hmm, happening, mm-hmm. you know, and doctors shouldn't fear punishment and retaliation when providing scientific research on topics. Um, or even, you know, we're seeing this happen when they're talking to their patients about the science. Uh, and so this is an important thing that we need to pay attention to, um, I think he's he's filed a you know a complaint against them. 
against Mayo Clinic, and and I'm hopeful that he's successful because I think we've got to bring an end to this uh, this threatening of free speech every time we don't fit political ideology. Absolutely, and you know, it's, it's not. I know, I know for sure it's happening in the in the, in the educational um, profession. So anybody speaks out and it's, or says so called the unwoke takes the unwoke um, approach to 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 whatever they're doing, um, they get sidelined and pushed off and all the rest of it. Um, but and now it's definitely starting. It, it has. We saw that during COVID. We definitely saw that any doctors who who disagreed with what was going on were were actually fired and you know blacklisted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've got to stop this. It's 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 threatening the whole of America. So let's talk a little bit about your organization, Chris, because I find you know I think more and more people, as I said earlier on, that more and more people are going to start turning to. Um, Groups like yours, um, you are a health sharing ministry guided by the moral teachings of the Catholic Church that negotiates directly with the providers to ensure the delivery of high quality and affordable life affirming health care. I love that. I love the fact that you are so strongly life affirming and you have more than 46,000 members. Um, you've had more than 46,000 members since 2016. Many hospitals, however, um, even within the Catholic Health uh, Network, have uh, been promoting and performing medical procedures in direct violation of Catholic teachings. Most of our health care providers are facing increasing pressure from law and policymakers to conform to a far-left health care agenda. Give us some – just talk us through this whole idea of health care – Ethical ability to, for for your organization has 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 found a way to to uh, guide us through our healthcare through an ethical pr- uh, procedures. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, the big thing, Molly, is again that I we believe that people of faith deserve you know access to authentic care from life affirming providers who are free to practice according to sound medicine and ethics. Um, you know, respecting dignity and the worth of every individual. It's a, it's, it's pretty simple stuff, right? It's the mm-hmm. Hippocratic oath. It's, mm-hmm. it's our, our belief in the sanctity of all human life. Um, and it's towards this end that we establish Solidarity HealthShare as a way for families to access quality care that they could, that they deserve, uh, and that they need. Mm-hmm. You know, so we do not. You know, one of the big things, right, is is the things we don't share into, of course, which things like non congenital transsexualism, gender dysphoria, sexual reassignment or change, um, things that I never would have thought we'd have to focus on clarifying. We don't share into, right? um, <laughs> you know, and and this includes medications, implants, hormone therapy, all of that. So the the big thing, uh, you know, and also things like in vitro fertilization or abortions, artificial insemination, sterilizations, all of those are not eligible for sharing. And, and and again, the big thing here is is not just what we don't share into, but also knowing as a member what your dollars are not going to support, right? And so that is one of the biggest pieces of this puzzle is making sure that we are not supporting um, those things with our medical do- with our dollars that we're sharing with other members. Uh, and then on top of it, there's all of the the many beautiful things that we do share into life affirming fertility care, um, such as you know the many people know about NAPRO technology and and, and the like. Um, you know, the uh, sectomy reversal for people who realize, hey, maybe I, you know, wasn't doing God's will here, and I want to do that. Uh, you know, um, in- integrative holistic care and and maternity, and you know, all of those things, mental health care, and and those mm-hmm. all, those things are all shareable within the ministry. And the, the the bottom line here, Molly, as we've talked about before, but maybe it's good to break it down for people, is that this is members coming together 
and sharing each other's medical bills. And our job as solidarity is to facilitate that process, um, making sure that the guidelines are clear and what we will and won't share into, making sure that the bills are discounted, as you and I have talked about before, to a reasonable price that's affordable, and then sharing those dollars immediately among their, uh, across the membership to pay for those needs. Uh, that's an important piece, and, and that's that's really what it's all about. It's, it's, it's our members being a community and helping each other with their healthcare needs. And this is so important. I mean, I think this is this is something that more and more, we've, as I said earlier, I can see people moving into this kind of thing as we see the sort of the demise of, well, or just even the restructuring of Obamacare, which will allow, I, I hope, let's pray, let's pray for sure, that it, it encourages this kind of health care, because I think it's very, very important. Chris Faddis, as always, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for all the work you do and look forward to talking to you again soon. God Thanks for you. having me, Molly. God bless. God bless you lots too. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining me this evening. As I say good night and God bless each and every one of you, I'd like to close with the words of the Holocaust survivor, Elie Wiesel. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time when we fail to protest. From the Median is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, radionews at fromthemedian.org or call 440-668-4049. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can download this or previous programs for your listening pleasure or sign up to receive our weekly preview of upcoming guest interviews. Tune in every weeknight at the same time to listen to another great interview on From the Median as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. This program has been sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.